Welcome to Finding True Worth, a podcast dedicated to people who have graduated from self-improvement books and promises of quick fixes and are ready to take action. I'm Amani Esamed, spiritual advisor and personal growth mentor. In each episode, we bring you a guest sharing insights, wisdom, and strategies designed to help you cultivate self-authority and create a life based on true worth. Today, my good friend and client, Ronnie, joins me to speak on the topic of creating a life on your terms. Thank you for being here. Ronnie and I have been having these conversations in context of private mentorship, and we thought many of the things that we've been discussing could be beneficial for others to hear. Welcome, Ronnie. Hey, Imani. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Ronnie, when I think about you, I feel like you're the epitome of self-awareness meeting entrepreneurial success. And I know this hasn't always been the case. So can you share with our listeners about a little bit about your upbringing and what you do now? Sure. Well, I grew up in Washington, D.C., in the projects of Washington, D.C., in the inner city. So my life was really fun. It was always something going on. Um, it was a, a low-income environment where most of the people who were there went to public schools. And I was a teen mom at that time. I had my first kid at 16 years old. And overall, I was really determined to change the trajectory of my life. So my upbringing was a little different. It was a little rough, but it strengthened me. And I learned so much. I think that it definitely turned me into the woman that I have been able to come today. It was always sirens, always people outside. You know, I grew up in the midst of the city. So growing up in a city life is, is really, really different. And as far as where I am now, I'm a successful entrepreneur, a mom of four. And my oldest kid is 20 years old. He'll be 21 in October. And all of my children are in some shape, form, or fashion pursuing their gifts in an entrepreneurial spirit. So I'm really excited about that. And every day I work to help other women start their businesses through their purposes and leverage those purposes online through social media, through personal branding. The CEO of Girl CEO Inc., which is a community, and we call it the playground for female entrepreneurs. And I'm also the founder of a self-care brand for women who prioritize self-care, should I say, um, call holistic. Beautiful. And with that upbringing, and I know so many listeners can probably relate not having that silver spoon in their mouth growing up, me included. And you mentioned that that has helped build you where you're at now. And a lot of our listeners don't know your background like I do intimately. You had some time in corporate America. So can you speak to how your past, your upbringing, and then that that time that you were in corporate America kind of helped and shaped where you are today? Well, the first thing that I would say is when I was in corporate America, I wasn't myself. I was working a nine to five. I was very uncomfortable with being who I was in real life. I felt like I was a robot and I wasn't really tapping into my creativity. And for my personality, I need to be in my element. I need to be in my creative space. I'm a visionary and I need to work and do work that fulfills my purpose. And when I was there, it was very systematic. And through that process, I learned what was for me and what wasn't. 
and the type of life that I wanted to live on a daily basis, meaning what did I want my morning to look like when I started? Um, what did I want my day to feel like when I came home? Um, I realized that I needed to get into my zone as fast as possible, or it would only be a matter of time before I started to lose interest you know, in what I was doing. And that's exactly what happened in corporate America. Corporate America taught me how to play politics, but to be very transparent with you, I'm really not interested in playing politics. I sat down with myself one day and I said, you know what? I don't want to do business with people I don't like. And I don't want to ever have to do business with people that I just don't like, right? I want to do things that really interest me. I want to be around people that I enjoy. And I want to live life on my own terms. And I want to make money doing the things that I actually love. So that's really what corporate America taught me. You know, I, I tell my, my mentees all the time, everyone always says, how do you find out what you love, what you're passionate about? And I always say that you don't find out what you like. You don't go looking for what you love, right? As you out there in the universe experience in life, you realize then you need to focus more on doing the things that you don't like. So you can make a list of what you don't ever want to do. So for me, I tell people, focus on what, you know, don't go out here just trying to find your passion, figure out what you don't want to do. And once you do a few things, you say, okay, I never want to do this. And I used to tell everybody all the time, like, I don't want to spend 13 hours at work. I don't want to spend eight hours a day in the office away from my children. I don't want to wake up at six in the morning at the crack of dawn, leave my house in the cold. and run to an office while my ears are freezing and throbbing. Like, I don't want to do that ever again. So that's powerful in saying and acknowledging the fact that what worked for you and what didn't work for you being in corporate America. And I know a lot of our listeners are in corporate America and they love it. I mean, to each his own, right? But also there are a greater number of people that do have desires and wants to live differently and do things differently in accordance to creating a life on their own terms. So it's not so different than what you wanted. Can you talk a little bit about the internal game that may have contributed to you being able to make that leap? Was there a defining moment or what was the inner game that created this ability to move from being stuck this is how life is in corporate America to Mm -hmm. saying no, that I'm going to truly embrace, you know, me being a visionary, me being creative, me not wanting to wake up at 6 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, I think for me, I want to make sure I say this. There are some people who absolutely love corporate America and I am not anti-corporate America. Mm -hmm. I am anti doing things that you do not love. All right. And that you do not enjoy and things that you dread on a daily basis. And Corporate America just happened to be that for me. So if anyone is listening to this, if you are in corporate America and you love what you do, great for you, right? This is for anyone who is doing something that they absolutely know that they dread and a person who may have a gift and they have not reached a space in their lives where they're confident enough to go pursue that thing, okay? And as far as me getting to where I am, I would have to say, It came from confidence. There's a a certain level of confidence that you have to have to step out and believe in yourself, right? And that will have to be something that I say my mom instilled in me. My mom always built me up. I was surrounded by women who believed in me, right? Women who told me, you know, you are smart, you are outgoing, you are bold. Women who told me to be 
a strong Black woman, to speak up for myself, to never allow people to disrespect me. I was taught that way. And I had strong, successful Black women around me who were always pushing me, you know, to go further and to be the best. And they would tell me, you know, you're going to be successful. You're going to be a millionaire. You're going to change lives. Uh, You have a purpose. And I believe that that is what always played in the back of my head. And it gave me the courage to step out and not only just take action, but believe in myself and believe that that was possible because of all of the positive affirmations that my mom has spoke over my life and that the strong Black women who are mentoring me when I was young, my music teacher, Miss Smith, she just spoke that over me and how she put me on stages. And she had me doing assemblies with hundreds of people in the crowd in, in second grade. So I believe that that confidence, it was something that I got from the mentors in my life at a young age that always played in the back of my head. And I always believed in myself because of the older women who believed in me. Did you believe them when they told you at that time? I I did. (laughs) I believe them. It's just different. I would say it is different. And what I want the listeners to get from this is that sometimes we don't know how powerful we are. And we don't know how impactful we are when it comes to mentorship and pouring into the lives of other women, right? You can have such a positive effect or you can have a very negative effect, right? And I want to say this to the mothers that are on here. All of my daughters are very, very, very confident and very bold. And it is because the way that I raised them. It is because the life that I spoke into them. It is because I cheered them on. It is because I talked to them when they were wrong and I told them, you know, the difference between right and wrong. But you have the power as a woman to build another woman up or to break her down. And I would say that when they were speaking that to me, I 100% believed them because it's all I had ever heard. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a time where you didn't have a community surrounding you and mentoring or supporting you where you almost had to fend for yourself? For sure. It was definitely a time when I didn't have a community around me. One of the people that I would say was always my community, my biggest cheerleader was my mom. (laughs) My mom has been that cheerleader forever in my life. And I would say that my lowest point was being a team mom and having three children, and being looked at as a failure, being looked at as someone who was going to be on welfare, (laughs) being looked at as someone who had thrown her life down the drain. Those are things that I was also told by other people, right? Because I had numerous children at such a young age. And that was a very lonely season. But the lonely season, and, and I will refer to it as the wilderness season, It was the season that built me, the season that strengthened me and the season that made me go harder to make it clear that I would not become another statistic. Thank you for that, Ronnie. And then for those that don't have a community, those that don't have a supportive mom, are they hopeless 
in trying to evolve or make a shift in creating a life on their terms? Definitely not. For me, that is the reason why I created the Girl CEO community, because I wanted to create a community that was what I needed when I was in my wilderness season. And I needed a loving, supportive group of sisters. So what I will say is if you don't have a mom, you need to be intentional about getting around other women, women who are where you want to be, women who actually like other women, right? Women who are secure in their own skin, women who are not intimidated by other successful women, right? You got to be around women who understand that the true success is based on the impact, right? I had to find those women because you can have your mother, but you need peers. And I needed a peer group. I needed women in my age range or just a little older who I can be myself around and that I could talk to. And that is a journey, right? Let's just be honest. Finding women who are nice and genuine and not trying to take advantage of you, that's hard. That's really hard. So it took me some time and I started going to networking events and I started joining little Facebook groups and like asking people, can we go out to coffee and and build a relationship? And this was probably back in like 2009. It was lonely. But what I will say is I started to meet women who were just as ambitious, women who were secure and women who really had a heart for for women. Mm -hmm. I realized who the mean girls were (laughs) very early on. I can always sense the energy. And I stay away from that energy. I really go around women who are successful and women who have a heart to love on women. And when I say successful, I want to make sure I'm clear, not just success in a monetary form, mm-hmm. but success in knowing who they are, being 100% confident in what God has assigned them to do, right? I learned that there are women that do the same thing you do that will still help you and mentor you and pour into you and not see you or view you as competition that will genuinely love on you and teach you so that you won't make the same mistake that they made, right? They're not intimidated. And I just close to those women. I bought their programs. I signed up for their mentor groups. When they would speak, I would go to hear them speak. My heart desired to be around those women. Let me ask you, I heard you mention confidence. What does one person have to be in order to create a life on their own terms? They have to be confident. There are a few things. And it's not just confidence, but confidence is is a huge part of it. Because whenever you are acting in a faith walk, right, you are going to have moments where doubt creeps in. Okay, If you're chasing anything, any vision, any dream, Anything that you desire in life, you're going to have a moment where you question yourself. You're going to have a moment when you doubt yourself. You're going to have a moment where you ask, can I really do this? Okay. And you are going to need to possess a certain level of confidence in the midst of that doubt. Confidence is going to breathe a reassurance. Okay. So confidence is so important. And then on your journey, you're going to have people that doubt you. You're going to have people who laugh at you. You're going to have people who look at you and say, what the hell does she think she is? Hmm. Right? That's because they don't know who they are. Right? 
But when you're going through those things, you are going to need your confidence to fuel that tank so that you can complete that journey. So confidence, 100%. Trust in God, 100%. Okay? You're going to have to be resilient, definitely resilient, and you're going to have to be dedicated to the outcome because some people are dedicated to the outcome temporarily. And when the adversity comes and the issues start happening and business starts getting rough, they quit. So it's dedication, it's resilience, and it's confidence for sure. Wow, that's wonderful. What happens in those moments, like you just mentioned, where things are not great, things are not easy? And I know you mentioned resilience, but how do you get yourself through those kind of moments? And then I would also add that we do live in a labeling society. So at a young age and going through with the experience you went through, there are many people that probably already labeled you as a certain person. And just having to hear that or having those folks look at you a certain way, how do you build confidence in that kind of space? Yeah. I have always been raised to not really give a crap what anyone thinks about me. So the first thing that I would like to just kind of throw out there is that when you grow up in a hood, (laughs) you are used to being bullied, talked about, you fight, you know, you do everything because you survive. It's a survival mode. So you're ready for war at all times. So you caring about what people think, when you grow up in that type of environment, it rolls off your back because you become, it's like being a soldier and going through war. Us going over there to war, you would be scared in your boots. But after you've gone to war so many times, you're just like, okay, you know, getting sent out. Let me put my boots on, get my army suit on. I'm ready for this. I've done this a million times. There's no fear here. So for me, I grew up in an environment that strengthened me and it made me a soldier. So the opinions of other people, it doesn't bother me, right? So I would definitely say that it's 100% mind training. And when things do happen, because things do happen, let me stress this. When stuff hits the fan, what does that look like? Because you asked me that. It looks like you breaking down. You may cry. But you train yourself so much. I know for moments when I'm stressed out and things are hitting the fan, I'm talking to myself, all right? You haven't reached a certain level of success if you aren't, you haven't started talking to yourself yet, okay? I coach myself Mm. through things. I don't depend on anybody else. I'm coaching myself. It's me and God. And I'm like, okay, girl, you got 10 minutes. Get it out. Get over it. Put your panties on. Focus on what you learned in this season. We're not going to focus on the issue. We're going to focus on what you learned from this. What did you learn? I write it down. Next thing I do is I turn on something motivational. This is exactly how I roll. When I'm having shitty days, it is straight motivation. I'm listening to ET. I'm, I like coach talk. I like real rough, get me together, get me out of this zone. Like I love forceful, aggressive motivation. So it's all personal development. It's all about what I'm depositing in my mind. And my goal is to make sure that I'm constantly depositing things into my brain that motivate me and remind me that I can do anything. Because when we're going through things, the biggest mistake that we make is getting silent and getting quiet and just getting away from everyone 
And then we start listening to our thoughts. And when we're in a low place, our thoughts are normally very low. Mm -hmm. And that's what they say. The enemy talks to you, right? Mm -hmm. The devil creeps in. He's like, give up, fail, right? There is this scripture story in the Bible where I believe Jesus is out in the wilderness and he's being tempted and he's being tested. Okay. I'm not going to go super religious on you all, but I remember the devil telling him to, you know, kill himself and to do these different things. Right. And he just kept coming back with scripture. And what that reminded me of is when you get alone and the enemy is telling you your business is going to fail. The enemy is telling you no one loves you. No one likes you. No one believes in you. No one sees your vision. No one's going to buy from you. Go back to work. All of these things. What are you going to do? That's why you have to speak affirmations over yourself. (laughs) I am worthy. I am great. You know, people ask me how I'm doing. I'm blessed. I'm successful. That's how you have to train your mind. So that's how I handle adversity. And I like that, that you mentioned that you have to train your mind. And you have a lot of people that are out there that say affirmations, but don't come into that success. So my question is, where does belief in yourself play a factor in terms of creating a life on your terms? Well, like I said, you know, belief in yourself is going to be the determinant factor of whatever success you experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the answer to that is where does it come into play? It comes into play very early. It comes into play at eight years old when you're in cheerleading, you know, and your team loses and you don't understand that you're still a winner because you competed and you don't understand that you can't win all the time. It comes into play when you're 14 and you probably get your heart broken by your first little sweetheart at school and you don't understand that it's not because you're ugly and it's not because you're smart. It's because he's a jerk, right? And he doesn't know, right? He's just being a kid. So it comes in with remembering who you are and constantly reminding yourself of your value, the confidence 24-7 all day long. Wonderful, wonderful. Ronnie, what advice would you give other entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs who are wanting to create a life on their own terms? The first thing is make sure that you have put the work in and you are really clear on what your passion is. Right. What do I mean by that? Right now, we have a lot of people who are jumping into business ventures, but they don't really have the sauce. And the reason they don't have the sauce is because they're putting themselves in places that they truly have not worked to be in. And people don't see them as an expert. They don't have the trust with their audience. They don't have the connection because they skip the process. Right. So put the work in, build the credibility. And make sure that whatever it is that you're doing, you're willing to do it for free. And the reason why I will say that is because not because you'll have to do it for free, okay? But because when you're building it, there will be times where you won't be making money. And you got to love it that much that you can continue to do it because there's a passion, there's a burning desire. It wakes you up early. It keeps you up late. Put the work in. Study it meditate on it, get as much training in that area that you can make sure it is your thing. Make sure it's not just a money thing, right? Mm -hmm. When people, you ever go to a hairdresser and every time you go, her price changes. You ever, you ever go to someone (laughs) like that? (laughs) Not in the recent past, Ronnie, but I have had that experience. And when someone is not truly called 
and they're doing something that they're not really dedicated to, it becomes a hustle, right? And we don't want anyone just hustling on here. We want us to love what we're doing. We want us to be able to operate in integrity. We want us to have a level of conviction in our spirits, right? When we don't do things right in our business. But I remember going to a hairdresser and I stopped going to her, this was years ago. But every time I would go, my hair would be a different price, right? It mm-hmm. was like the price was based on her need at that moment, mm. right? And I would make appointments and she would cancel. And then she would call me back two days later and say, you know, she had an emergency or one day my hair was $50. The, the next day my hair was $85. And what I came to know and understand was that she was not really passionate about what she was doing, right? She just wanted to make money fast. And her price were based, was based on who she thought could pay at that time, right? Mm-hmm. And I would ask right. her, well, last week it was this price. And she would say something. And I realized that when we're not truly passionate, we don't show up consistently, right? Our pricing, it continues to change because we just want to make more and do less right? We don't get the training. I remember her bleaching my hair and it was orange. Okay. And just, these are just some of the things that happen when we're not truly passionate and we're not really dedicated to what we're doing. The prices fluctuate, showing up, that fluctuates. We're here, we're not, we're here, we're not. One day we love it. The next day we hate it. The passion is not there. Hmm. Where if you find someone who's really passionate about their craft, they could do it all day. And if you let them talk about it, they could talk about it all day. And they love it so much. Hell, half the time you would have to beg them to take your money, right? Mm. Because the passion is there. They just want to do what they love. They enjoy it. They know it. And they just get a, uh, like it's a feeling just watching people transform or get their service or use their product. It's a feeling. So do what you love. Be committed willing to put in the hard work for sure for sure wonderful and without putting a I have to put in a shameless plug here can you tell me one thing that I've said to you when you were going through all of your transitions that you will always remember or that you currently remember I would say that you just always told me that people are going to follow me and whatever I do because it was me and I remember walking away from endeavors and, and reaching out to you and say, oh, I would be so worked up. Um, and you were always so calm. Oh, Ronnie, you're going to see. You know, this is my Monty voice. Oh, Ronnie, you have no idea yet. Your gift, you know, your gift to push people out of their, out of their comfort zone and help them. You will never run out of money. The money is always going to be chasing you. So don't worry. You're going to see. And then I'll get a call. And he goes, Ronnie, you know how much you made this year? <laughs> From your own, without that company. Can you believe that? Didn't I tell you? I'm like, yes, Amani, you told me. So just always, you always remind me that I am the gift. That I am the gift. And just one of the many strong Black women who have spoke greatness over my life and that reassurance. So I know that 
it was no mistake that you came into my life. Well, the check is in the mail. <laughs> Thank you for that, Ronnie. And you are the gift and you will continue to be the gift because you, you're the gift that keeps on giving and you have so much within you, so much value. And it speaks to the life that you lead today. I mean, so many of the people in your community, followers online, really look up to you. They hold you in high regard to influence them and have major impact in life decisions or how they go about doing business and how do they go about creating a life on their own terms. So I salute you, I commend you, and I'll always be a big supporter of you. So before we wrap up, one last question. What does true worth mean to you? I believe that it is how you see yourself. You know, mm. do you see yourself as worthy? True worth is, let me kind of play off of that for a second. Because that is a question that is based on, once again, the level of confidence that you have in yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Your worth is how you see yourself. and. Unfortunately, if you don't see yourself as much, your worth will be very little because you won't get much. If you see yourself as worth it, worthy, valuable, an asset to anything that you are involved in, then that will reflect in your income. It'll reflect in your audience. It'll reflect in the people you attract. It will be a reflection of the relationships that you have, right? All of these things go back to the one thing that I always touch on. And I'm telling you, confidence, confidence is what you hear and you can see when you look at someone's pricing. Confidence is what you feel when someone speaks, when they're telling you how much they charge, right? Mm -hmm. Confidence is what you feel when a woman is telling you what she won't deal with, right? Mm -hmm. How do you determine one's worth? One determines their own worth by what they accept. Love it. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ronnie. I know this was a huge treat for our listeners today just to get this soulful, wise insight in terms of how self-aware you are and how you're just breaking barriers with your own branding of companies, plural and just paving the way for other Black women. I once again just commend you for all that you are doing. And I want to say thank you for being open and for sharing your story with us today. Oh, Amani, I just want to say thank you. And I love you. And um, I love your spirit. I love your energy. And I'm thankful to have you in my life. All right. So to to wrap things up, defining your true worth is determinant of confidence and how you see yourself serve something that is greater than yourself and to hold yourself accountable will help many of my listeners and entrepreneurs. So if you'd like to hear more strategies from Ronnie, you can actually listen to her and tune into her podcast at Girl CEO. Thank you everyone for tuning in and thank you, Ronnie, for being here. Thank you, Ronnie. You're welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Every inch of our episodes, we get closer to our truth. We are live every other Tuesday, so please join us and share this podcast with those close to you who could benefit. Each rating and review helps others to discover it too. For more episodes or to book an introductory session, go to findingtrueworth.com.
The day is yours to create. I invite you to live it according to your truth.